worst idea. That time that my dad about the snowball. Like, this is a great story. You're gonna have to tell it at dinner, Kimmy. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have time for the snowball. <laughs> Write it down on your phone and tell us later. No, I don't ever want to hear it. I want it to become like lore for the podcast. <laughs> Kimmy's dad is the snowball. That nobody knows what the snowball is. Welcome to another episode of We Explain Movies. I'm Kimmy. I'm Kayleen. And I'm Courtney. And this is the podcast where three best friends explain rate slash review, and decide whether or not to see the latest and greatest or most beloved classics of film. This means each week, two or one of us will explain a movie to the other two or one of us in its entirety. Since this is a center for spoilers, if you haven't seen this week's movie, tune out and tune back in once you have. For other spoiler timestamps, check out our Instagram and Twitter at WeExplainMovies. Here's how it's going to go. We're going to start off with what we watched this week, move into some movie-related questions, followed by the explanation, and then we're going to close out with our watchlist ads and recommendations. You're listening to We Explain Movies. We're recording. Better say something intelligent. Because we are always prepared. I found out a fun fact about One Tree Hill today that I'm going to share, which is that after the first time that Peyton and Nathan had to make out, and their age gap. Oh, is this from the, time, the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> their age gap at the time was 17 and 21, and so she felt really weird about it and was instantly reminded he was a teenager because they stopped kissing. And he goes, Sorg. And she's like, What the fuck? What is Sorg? And he goes, It's gross backwards. <laughs> oh my god. I love him. I mean, I who that was was that? James Lafferty? <laughs> James Lafferty and uh, Hillary Burton. Oh my god. So I thought that was funny. Sword. Welcome. He is, like really puny in the first season. Yeah. He's, He's actually, actually a big acne. boy. Really? I'm like, you're 17? How long have you been 17? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, welcome. Yeah. Thought I'd open with the One Tree Hill fact. <laughs> we are doing Summer of 84 this week. A movie set in the 80s, not made in the 80s. I, I love that. I yeah. love that. It was made in 2018. I, I love that it's not old. Yes, fuck those old movies. <laughs> I just, I love Stranger Things, and that's yeah. like what that is. Like, I, it's, I love that. Nostalgia free nostalgia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. <laughs> well, should we talk about what we watched this week? Yes. I have a question. Well, as Kim would say, did you watch Looking for Alaska? <laughs> Why did I watch Looking for Alaska? And Cruel Summer. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I didn't log that. I, didn't, I am watching Cruel Summer right now. I'm I'm hate watching it. I'm not a fan, yep. but I continue to watch it. Kind of. I wa- asked you about John Green. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted some kind of like I'm up to date on Outlander that's available on Netflix right now. Another show that I hate watch. Oh really? Because, yeah. It, like, Outlander is kind of like the way this bitch is not answering my question. <laughs> I also watch Vikings. <laughs> it's I love like, Vikings. I don't have to like turn my brain on. So I yeah. just kind of wanted something young and escapism, but like not fantastical because I don't want any more Outlander bullshit, you know? Mm. So looking for Alaska. This is the problem. I watched it and then and I liked it. That is a problem. <laughs> it is a problem. And I was like, I don't think that that's right. Something is, like, itching at me about it, uh-huh. but my main irks about it is that nobody talks like that. Nobody <laughs> talks like that. I hated how they spoke, you know? It was like a wannabe Aaron Sorkin situation. Mm. I thought that the main character was really needy, but I liked Alaska, and that's the problem. 
Mm. She's a manic pixie dream girl. She is. And then I read this incredible review. The one you liked? I I liked it as well. I read a wonderful review on Letterboxd, which basically explained what I was trying to find out what I was feeling. Mm. Where it's like, girls, when that book came out, that generation of girls got brainwashed into thinking, that's who I want to be. But that's Mm. glorifying, like, suicide an unrealistic expectation of a man's view of a woman and trauma. It's just like so very obviously a female character written by a guy. Mm -hmm. And I know that we had this like really great conversation about this a long time ago about what makes a strong female Mm -hmm. character. It doesn't mean the absence of male writers, does it? Like it just means like curate your work, do your research, ask women about their experience. You I know? think it's it's not fair because the book came out at a totally different time, mm-hmm. and so I don't see why it was adapted now for yeah. modern audiences. Because even John Green, like his follow up book, Paper Towns, just as problematic. But he wrote that one to try to dismantle the manic pixie dream girl trope, mm-hmm. and to to have it be in the end like women don't owe you shit. Mm-hmm. You can't romanticize them and put them on a pedestal and create this persona and idea of them because they're not going to be that way. And yet, Fault in Our Stars, peak cinema, peak book. <laughs> It was so successful, they go and make Paper Towns, and they f- completely forget that, and they don't know what they're doing. And so mm-hmm. I feel like looking for Alaska, which was his first book, to go and do that now? Like, no. Yeah. yeah. It seems, I, I can't remember, it's been a long time since I read that book, but it reminds me just of, like, that phase, which I feel like has died, but secretly I feel like guys still think this, but, like, the song... That's what makes you beautiful. It's like there was such a period of time where men were like, we love it when women don't have confidence, but then they're actually so beautiful. And it's like, we shouldn't be glorifying women being like, I have low Mm self-esteem. That should be something that's like, I don't know, love yourself. I love the fact that women are, you know, there's kind of like this era of like reclaiming confidence. Yeah as our own and not like for anybody else. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I've seen somebody be handed a script and just pass on it immediately because it's like she doesn't know how beautiful she is in yeah. the character description. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. whoever it was, some actress was like, no thank you. <laughs> yeah, love that. I'm Margot Robbie, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. I know I'm beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but the more I thought about it after I read that review, the more I felt kind of like used. <laughs> <laughs> and it really put me in like a, an unhappy mindset about it. So I'm sorry. And then... Me and Courtney watched Anomalisa by Charlie Kaufman, coming off the deep dive from Synecdoche, New York. Yeah, I followed it up with Adaptation the next day, too. Oh, cool. So that was, like, a nice little treat. Yeah. Um, I really liked it. I really liked it, too. Yeah. I was totally sober, but I sounded like a high person because I paused it in the middle and I was like, oh, my God, I know why it's called Anomalisa. What does oh, that yeah. word mean? Let her watch it. Is, is someone it. named Lisa? It sounds like it sounds like what you would call a man. Sounds like she dream girl. Sounds like she's got it. <laughs> wow, Lisa's an anomaly. That's how, <laughs> is that what it's <laughs> So I think I just knew nothing going in. Like I knew zilch. Um, and so I really liked it. I really liked it. It's a movie that I probably won't watch again, but the more that I think about it, the more impressive it is to me. I don't think it's something that you, like, comfort watch. No, I'll watch it again, though, in the same way. I think I would wa- rewatch any Charlie Kaufman piece. Yeah, just, give just it time. not in quick succession. Same thing with Adaptation. I was like, I rated it fairly high, but I was like, I wonder if this movie is just, like, the best it gets, and I just need to see it again to, like, 
digest that and understand it more. Mm-hmm. Um, then we all went and saw back at the theater. Back at the theater. We went back to the theater. We're going back today. We're going back tonight for Black Widow, and that's all we're going to talk about <laughs> for yeah. like the foreseeable future. So we're getting this episode in before then. Yeah, we saw Zola. Mm-hmm. Loved that was it. Really fun. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It was so funny. I, I had missed A24 comedies. Yes. Because mm-hmm. I've really been in the, like the horror zone with them for mm-hmm. so long. And so it was nice to get back to that and just enjoy the escapades going on. Mm-hmm. Like in the theater. <laughs> oh, I liked that too. We had, yeah. a, great, we had a great audience with us as there well. There was a, just... a, a mini fight that happened for a second, but it's fine. Was there? There was a shush battle. <laughs> was there really? I, I totally hear the shush missed battle. that. Yeah, there was. Oh, I thought <laughs> you were more so talking about just like... Every mm-hmm. Oh yeah, stuff. no, I loved that. And there was like one oh that time I told you about when we left the theater when this this girl goes, Oh, she's got a booty on her about <laughs> Riley. <laughs> um, but yeah, oh, yeah. There, there was a little shush battle happening for a second. Ooh. I was yeah. fine with it. I was enjoying the commentary. Yeah. yeah. Just because it's it's Zola, that's what it should and be. And we're there back for. in the theater. Like it's yeah. a it's an a, what's it called? Like an experience. It's based yeah. on a tweet thread and you get to engage with those. So yeah. it's not the same way. We were all talking about it a little bit about how we love when kind of our expectations are subverted when it comes to like movie making choices. Mm. Oh, and I thought they definitely dabbled in that. I love quite that. Quite a bit. Yeah, and it was pleasantly surprising. Kind of like a Vice, how they would do stuff. Yeah, um, like an Adam McKay type yeah, yeah. joint. I really enjoyed when they would do fun things. I love pausing on movies to like say stuff and they yeah. kept doing it on Riley Keough in these super unattractive yeah, yeah. <laughs> moments. I really enjoyed it. Also her little aside was just wow. <laughs> That's a chef's kiss. Yeah. Uh, and Taylor Page is amazing. Oh and how could we forget Cousin Greg? Cousin yes. Greg, yes. I just wanted to shout out the fact that the director of this film, Janixa Bravo, and the editor of this film, Joy McMillan, are both black women and are very underrepresented in their fields and totally crushed it in these roles Mm. and I'm just editing's a huge part yeah yeah yeah. and I got to listen to them speak together on the a24 podcast highly recommend you listen they have like a great working relationship and they talk about being black women in their field and going to film festivals and stuff and what that's like and how people treat them Mm. And the work that they had to do to be recognized in these roles. And I just love that because this film is a great example of how incredible they are at their jobs. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I I love that. Okay, well I watched too much stuff. Uh, I don't know what to talk about. But I'll start by saying that Courtney mentioned this earlier. I am super deep into Desperate Housewives. (laughs) I even texted my sister out of nowhere today and I said, Did you ever watch Desperate Housewives? And I'm trying to get her to watch it. Because I feel like she would like it. And I love it, and I'm already on season two. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> How many episodes are there per season? Like 20-something. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I'm fast. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I usually watch it with my coffee, so it's like one a day goes by really fast. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just wanted to bring this up because I know that the boys have a different opinion about it, so I, I thought I'd put the dialogue out there. I love the bling ring. <laughs> oh, same. I we're, thought it was really big fun. We're bling ring stands. Yeah, that's why I'm bringing it to the safe space. <laughs> um, I love I the want bling rob. ring. <laughs> and it just made me sad that they stole from Rachel Bilson, and she did mention it on the OC podcast, and I was like, oh, fuck, she's talking about the bling ring incident. Mm. Um, and yeah, I thought it was really fun and just interesting to see, and I can't believe how many times they went to Paris Hilton's house. Oh, my goodness. But um, I forgot to log this on Letterboxd. I rewatched Nocturnal Animals the other day with Dakota. Yes! <laughs> Hell yeah, Kayleen. Um, 
And I did... Okay, so it was weird watching it a second time because I was like, I'm excited about this because I can... I think I'll just understand it better knowing, like... And I kept, like, pointing things out to him where I was like, here are some things that confused me the first time that I would like to clear up for you so that maybe your first viewing experience makes more sense. Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, this right here, this is a flashback. Like, this right here, I know he's in it, but this is the fictional story. And, like, this is all these things. And so that was nice. However, a bunch of the shit from my memory was wrong. Like, a bunch of stuff I just remembered a little bit differently Like, I guess I was remembering more the essence of things. Like, for example, I really remembered the, like, your week thing and him Mm. killing Aaron Taylor Johnson. But in my head, I had, like, built it up to be... I know, spoilers. (laughs) I had built it up to be so much more dramatic. Like, for some reason, I thought, like, that he, like, beat him to death. I mean, he accidentally shoots himself in the process. That I forgot about. (laughs) But so there was just, like, these weird things where I was almost a little bit disappointed because I had built it up to be something more extreme in my mind because I was remembering, like, the idea of it and not what really happened. Mm. And, like, I didn't remember her stand or him standing her up. I was like, damn, That's dude, the best you didn't part! didn't remember him standing her up. No. I thought that they had a meeting and that he, like, oh, wow. told her off or something. Wow. I really misremembered no, it. No, Amy's face at the end when she realizes he's not coming... Mm. Should have got her an Oscar. Yeah, she got. She drank a lot of drinks waiting for him. I was like, "Bitch, your ice is melted. He's not coming." <laughs> but yeah, so that was fun to rewatch, and uh, I did watch a lot of other stuff. But I think that's the meat of what I watched this week. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Questions. Okay. Questions related to the movie Summer of '84. All right, guys. This question, pretty basic. We said that this movie um, is set in the 80s, but was not made in the 80s. However, our question is going to be, favorite 80s movie, specifically meaning made in the 80s. Okay, I'll go first. Number one, released in 1983, Scarface. No, I'm just kidding. Excuse me? (laughs) Solid joke, Kimmy. Solid joke. (laughs) I loved it. How dare you bring up Scarface on Black Widow today? Isn't it that joke? Where is that joke where it's like dead from to me. dead to me? From dead to me, yeah. No but woman has seen it. Nobody knows, knows what it about. is. <laughs> okay, so I actually I had four, but that, that was a joke answer. My two honorable mentions. Number one, released in 1987, <laughs> Princess Bride. Cool. Mm. It's like so classic. I, yeah. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think like it ever will get bad. I just saw a clip of it somewhere. I was like in a public place and it was playing somewhere. I was like, Robin Wright is the oh, chef's yeah. kiss. She's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. And the guy from Liar Liar. Chef's kiss. <laughs> Mandy Patinkin. Excuse me? That's Inigo Montoya. No, not him. I'm, I'm just, I'm oh, just okay. saying what I like. <laughs> <laughs> what a cool name. <laughs> That's a good name. Second honorable mention, released in 1982, E.T. Oh, good. It's like... So good, you guys. It is. That's good. I movie. haven't even really seen it that many times, but made an impression. Uh, but my real answer is barely making it into the eighties. Nineteen eighty nine, Dead Poet Society. Oh, these are all spicy very answers. Yeah, I felt. I like, feel safe. <laughs> yeah, I felt like they were very like on brand for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Dead Poet Society, oh, so good. All those actors who go on to become, yeah, you know whatever their you know careers are. Just like babies. Isn't baby Ethan Hawke in that? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He is, is stellar yeah. in it. 
and Robin Williams just giving away the gold, like all those mm-hmm. little things that are so relevant all the time, mm-hmm. and especially for people who appreciate art and poetry. And it's a great know, script. It's a great script. Yeah, my, one of my sister's favorite movies. No. Oh. Cool. I like, I like how you had the years locked and loaded. I know, right? Well, I wanted to be sure. I w- it was more for me to make sure that cool. I got it right. So I did a quick Google and I will do the same. Oh, fun. I'm going to guess mine. Mm. Nice. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just say my answers, funnily enough, in order because my real answer did get released the latest. Mm. So um, honorable mention number one is a tie just because luckily enough they were both released in 80 and 83 respectively for Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then my other honorable mention, released in 1986, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Mm. And I recently rewatched it, had a time of my life, laughed so hard, not problematic. Oh, and good. I was very pleased. <laughs> it's such a funny movie. Yeah, I saw that you gave it five stars and I was happy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that one that one, and Breakfast Club and Sixteen Candles were like staples growing up mm. in my household. My real answer, released in 1987, is an all-time fave, Adventures in Babysitting. Cool. I don't know what that is at all. Uh, Elizabeth? Elizabeth Shue. It opens with her dancing to this song uh, by the Crystals called And Then He Kissed Me, and it's just so fun. I learned who Thor was from that movie, because the little girl's obsessed with Thor. Baby Anthony Rapp with red hair. Yeah. Oh, I don't Uh, remember that. A musical number in the middle. Wow. A gang fight on the subway. Oh, oh. Falling from a Chicago City skyscraper. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It has it all. I watched that movie once when I was maybe 11, and I remember I had a really bad stomach ache, and I was eating saltines in the corner of my friend's house. There are some movies where I'm like, I remember eating saltines while watching (laughs) it. Isn't that weird, the things that you, like, remember? Yeah. Yeah. I remember shit like that. (laughs) Very nice. Yeah, I love adventures and babysitting. All right, so here's my attempt to try to do the years correctly. And which one do I want to talk about the most? That's really what it comes Probably down to. Probably the one you have days. a tattoo of. <laughs> yeah, but I just also feel like I've talked about that so much. It's been a while. Why not? <laughs> um, let's go with my. Let me try to breeze through these. Die Hard, I believe, came out in 88. That's off the top of my head. I'll fact check myself. Or do you want to. Do I'll, it? I'll be the I believe. fact checker. Want to. Uh, I believe 88, so Die Hard, I talk about that one a lot. One of my faves, I do, is it? You got it right. Get on. 1988. <laughs> uh, I watch it every year, like it's become tradition at Christmas time, because I'm on that train, and I love Die Hard. It's so sick and beautifully written. Um, another one, Dirty Dancing. This one I have like no idea. I'm going to guess 84. 87. Damn! Oh. Alright, later than I thought. How she be looking younger in that than in Ferris Bueller? <laughs> <laughs> um, I love Dirty Dancing. That was a, a hot contender for, like, that was probably the one that was closest to being what we did on Take 3, but then we ended up doing The Breakfast Club. Mm. Uh, which leads me into my next one. The Breakfast Club, I believe, is 85. We just fucking said it. It's, it's not, 85. it's 84, but I think it's 85. It is 85. Okay, sick. Um, the Breakfast Club, I mean, I just gushed about it all up and down on um, Take 3 Movie Podcast, but I think that that movie's like, it's, it's so good. It's so good. It's nearly flawless. I love that movie. Um, so then I'm saying my real answer, which, yes, I do have a tattoo of the flux capacitor on my neck. It's Back to the Future, which is 85, I believe, if that were wrong. No, I'm just kidding. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, that one I always... 
It's 85. It's actually wow. 96. That's one of those where it's like, I feel so confident about the facts that sometimes I'm like, what if I'm not? I get that way about The Office. Yes, 85. Back to the Future. What have I not said about Back to the Future? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Michael J. Fox. Hot. Such a bummer he's short. Christopher Lloyd, hot. I'm just kidding. Um, but I love Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> Been the same Lloyd. age for a million years. <laughs> yeah, he really has. He really, um, he's still that same age now. I guess, like, what is it about the movie that makes me love it so much? I feel like it's the sense of adventure, and I like the trilogy as a whole. I really like the comedy and the chemistry, like, between Doc and Marty. Honestly, as a kid, like, the stuff with his mom I was very second nature. It was all about, like, the, the time travel stuff. And then as an adult, you're like, oh, that's the whole story. It's like, you have to get your parents to hook up. <laughs> anyway, I love Back to the Future. That's Who does that answer. joke? John Mulaney. John Mulaney. Yeah. He tries to fuck his mom. <laughs> <laughs> Sold. Sweet. Okay, second question. What is your favorite summertime horror film? Which is really about vibes, but also bonus points if it's actually set in the summertime. Mm-hmm. But we're going hardcore vibes. And or released in the summertime. Sure. Here I go. Number one. A midsummer, you guys. Yeah. Midsummer. Mm, yep. <laughs> like, do we even need to... No, we don't. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally midsummer. Honestly, I almost didn't put it on this list because... Is it a horror? <laughs> I think it's a rom-com. It's a rom-com. <laughs> yeah. It's a... It's happy. Yeah. <laughs> But my real answer is, you guys probably guessed it, it's It and It Chapter 2, the remake. Mm. Nice. And I think it goes perfectly in line Hashtag for what vibes. we're doing today. Yeah, the vibes. Yeah. The vibes. Hashtag bicycle vibes. It is yeah. summer horror. Like, it, when I think of summer horror, it's that. Yeah. Yeah, short and sweet. That's it for me. Short and sweet. Okay, so Kimmy knocked off Midsummer for me. Honorable mention, number one, go with Repo, the genetic opera. Oh. Wow. Because... Aaron, my younger sibling, showed that to me for the first time, like, the week I graduated high school. Oh. And it was so good. <laughs> my last honorable mention is House of Wax. There's, like, a the summer horror that's, like, It Chapter 2 vibes, like, right. where it's, like... Bright outside. 80s. Running around. Yeah. 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 And then there's, like, sweaty, fucking muggy-ass summer horror. That's that. Like yeah. House of Wax. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, Chainsaw Massacre. Cabin Fever. Cabin Fever. Last House on the Web. I don't like watching people sweat, and they sure do in this. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, like, they, they come across that pile of all those, like, carcasses, and, like, the yeah. heat blows it into oh, their faces. Yeah. <laughs> and then, obviously, the whole house melts. <laughs> what is summer horror without Paris Hilton, you know? And yeah. melty things. And yeah. Chad Michael Murray kicking down a door. Yep. Uh, my real answer is Final Destination 3. Ooh! The best one. That was one of mine. Nice. That's my, That's my favorite, favorite one. one, too. Yeah. I think it takes place in the summer because they're, like, graduated and yeah. they're, like, panning. Ugh. I think I can't the, watch that. the best thing about Final Destination as a series is the uniqueness of the deaths and how they stick with the viewer. Because nobody can look at a tanning bed without thinking of that. Yeah. I know. I can't look at logs yeah. no, on yeah. a truck. Every time I'm on the freeway that. and I see something remotely in the Final Destination situation, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, nope, changing lanes. <laughs> and I think that that, that um, death in the gym is like maybe my favorite of all the Final Destination yeah. deaths. Just where they subvert it. Yeah. 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 Those are my answers. Yes. Cool. This is an honorable mention because it's not a movie it's a show stranger things specifically season three that came out in the summer and now it gives me mad summer vibes that's my favorite one this isn't really one of my favorites but i just had so much fun watching friday the 13th with you guys like i didn't necessarily 
love it, but I thought it was really fun and very summery. And then again, freaking movies I've talked about all the time, but Us is my fave. Mm -hmm. Us is my fave. I mean, you got the boardwalk, which has mad summer vibes. They're, like, literally out on the beach, and she's like, it's vodka o'clock, and they're on this summer vacation when it happens. I just love Us. It goes so hard, and I'm itching for a rewatch. It is time for the summer of 84. Kimberly, what could this movie possibly be about? What's going to happen? I'm so excited, because I love crime shit, and I've been, like, you know, really itching to watch something with crime. Like, that's why I watched Klovich Killer, and it did not scratch the itch Mm. at all. So it's going to be this. I'm going to guess that this movie is pulling tropes from all those movies, in a way. Mm. But I don't think that it's, like, spoofy. You know, it's I think that it's gonna, it, that it's like, it's really hearkening back to that era and making it, you know, for watchers now. So it's this group of, of young boys on bicycles and they're all buddies and I'm feeling like they have the same kind of like chemistry vibes as all the kids in Super 8. And uh, there's serial killers of young boys in the town or whatever and none of the parents believe them. That's the trope. Uh-huh. None of the parents really are involved in their lives, Cause really. Because kids are dumb, and we don't dumb. respect yeah. them. They all think that it's the police officer. Yeah. Which is cool. Okay. And none of the parents, like, believe them or whatever, believe their hunches or anything, so they have to go on this scavenger hunt kind of, like, discovery mission on their own. They're using, like, young boy tactics. Then, you know, based from what I find in the trailer, oh, I think they're going to, like break into the police officer's house mm-hmm. or something. And in the trailer they said, we were so wrong. We were wrong the entire time. I don't want to completely absolve the police <laughs> officer of any involvement in the serial killing, uh-huh. but what if he has like some kind of like person that he keeps in the basement or something? Mm-hmm. So he's not the killer, he's just got other shit going on? He is associated with the killings in mm-hmm. some way. Mm-hmm. He's not doing the killings, but maybe he's like covering it up to, like, protect the person from the basement. I don't know. There's someone in a basement. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Wait, but you're, you're saying that person's the killer? Yeah. Oh. I don't think the police He lets him out of the basement to kill? Maybe he was an accident. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. To see This sounds like something that's about to be, that hasn't been revealed yet, but is, like, getting hinted at in Desperate Housewives. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that is an exact plot from Desperate Housewives. <laughs> <laughs> um... I just oh. want to know, do you, you're on the right track and you've got a lot of good ones. I like the person in the basement bit. Mm-hmm. Is he the killer, the police officer? Like, no. yes or no from the beginning? No. I okay. don't think the police officer is the killer. I okay. just think that's too obvious. Like, the, the trailer was like, it's the, it's the cop, it's the cop. It can't be cop. Because the cop is involved somehow in the killings, even though he's not the killer, he has to take on some killing antics he ends up having to kill, even though he's not the mm. serial killer. So I he see. is a bad guy. He's a killer, but not the serial killer. So they, there is a part in the movie where they're going to have to like run away from him or something. Got it. Yeah. But but he, their serial killer is something more sinister. Okay. I, I, I can't wait to like meet all these characters. Oh. Okay. Movie time. Summer of 84. Movie opens, we can't even see what's going on yet, and we got some voiceover from our protagonist, whose name is Davey. It says, even serial killers live next door to somebody, and then we do see him now, 
And it says, Ipswich, Oregon, June 1984. Ooh, Oregon? I know. Ooh. Typical. <laughs> the Pacific Northwest is just riddled with serial killers. <laughs> yeah. And he's riding around on his bike while we hear some other stuff. I didn't write it word for word, but he basically is delivering newspapers and he's saying that there's been a series of child murders recently, not in his town specifically, but in, like, the surrounding towns. And he says that he's learned that people hardly ever let you know who they are and that anything can be happening behind closed doors. And that made me laugh because in Desperate Housewives, I feel like they be saying that shit all the time. It's like Mary Alice's go-to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's like, you never know. And then they show that guy in the basement. <laughs> basement. <laughs> yeah. And he says the suburbs are actually where the craziest shit happens. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Now he approaches a mailbox that says Mackie on the side. And Mackie comes over to say hi. This is the policeman from the trailer. And Davey reminds Mackie that he actually owes him money for the paper that month. And so Mackie is like, oh, well, I actually needed help moving something inside the house, so why don't you come in and I'll just give you the money while you're helping me. No! And so instantly it's like (laughs) spooky, right? Starts with a banger. Davey's going to get a bullet straight to the face. (laughs) An adult never asks a child for help. Unfortunately, I already true. told you he was the protagonist. Otherwise, you might just think this kid's going to get killed. Yeah, so that's true. My I'm, bad, bro. I'm not that concerned for Davey right now. Yeah. That is a good lesson to teach your kids, that adults yeah. don't need children's help. Yes, that's what yeah. they say on My Favorite Murder. Like, an adult will never ask a child for help. Yeah, true never. that. As he goes inside, it is established that he's a cop, because he's not, like, wearing the uniform when we see him, but you see his cop uniform inside on the couch. So you're like, oh, okay, he's a police officer. Good exposition. Yeah. And as they're moving through the house, Davey sees all these pictures of family members and stuff on Mackie's wall, and he's like, oh my gosh, like, you have such a big family, and Mackie's like, no, I don't. They're all dead. What, his family? (laughs) (laughs) I killed them. (laughs) Uh, And he's like, oh yeah, like, I I love my family, I love having a big family, but I also love that they live far away. Mm -hmm. Uh, They then are taking a desk downstairs to the basement. And once, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure when the Daniel previous place to move a desk. Seriously, but also, okay, there was like I, I tiny points, right in my basement. tiny points for this though, because uh, Silence of the Lambs, he asks her to help him move the couch into the moving van. Yeah, and it's terrifying because he puts her on the back side of the couch, so she has to back up right, into right, the moving van. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously, gotcha. Um, I did like this though because Davy is in the good escape part. He's, like, at the top of the mm-hmm. stairs, and Mackie's backing into it. God, how easy would that be if you're moving a desk down basement stairs to Launch just give it. a little... <laughs> onto a know? child? Yeah. Um, when they go downstairs to the basement, Davy sees that there's a weird door in it with a lock on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, who needs a second door in the, in the basement? They already have a basement for storage. Yeah. Then they're down there, and the water heater makes this, like, scary noise that distracts Davy for a second. But then Davy, like, gets a better look around the room, and he actually sees that down there is a dark room. So that's kind of, like, a purpose Ew. for a basement. That's such a creepy 80s pastime. <laughs> developing photos. Yeah, like the red room and they're always like, there's always that scene where they develop something and there's like some sketchy ass shit in the background of the photo and it's like, boo boo boo. Yeah. Davey's impressed by this though because he actually has an interest in videography as his dad is the news station's videographer. Mm-hmm. So they discuss like his dreams of the future and Mackie says, ah, 15, you're the perfect age. I wish I could just freeze you it for you. Like, That's not disgusting. <laughs> You're the perfect age. He says it nice. He's a very nice, smiley man. (laughs) You're the perfect age. That's scarier. It is now nighttime, and Davey is playing this game called Manhunt with his friends. It honestly looks like a blast. 
I mean, it's basically hide and seek, but you play it at night with flashlights. You guys. You want to play? Yeah. <laughs> so, DB, like, spots a good hiding spot that's actually near Mackie's house, and so he goes there, and while he's hiding, <laughs> he notices that a boy around his age is in Mackie's living room. He's got big curly red hair, and he's wearing this MTV shirt. I have a question. Is he seeing this from the outside of the house? Yeah, he's he's like looking in a window. He's not inside the house. No, he's hiding. He's hiding like in his bushes. And as he's spying, two of his friends, like, they arrive and they scare him, and he freaks out. And when he looks back at the window, Mackie and the boy are gone. Also, the boy didn't look like he was in distress. Like, they were just chatting, but then he looks back and they're gone. And we now establish the friend group, because they're back from Manhunt in their treehouse. Classic 80s trope. Davey is there along with his friends, who all go by, like, last names, which maybe even Davey is, too. Like, maybe his last name is Davidson. I don't know. So their names are Eats, Woody, Faraday. I I love that. Yeah. (laughs) They're all pretty similar characters. They're just young boys. Um, They kind of get really heavy-handed with, like, the boob jokes. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's, it's obnoxious. The joke I Doombas. Is it hoobies? Bumba bingas or something. Bumba My gunboats. <laughs> Just that, um, yeah, they make a lot of the, like she said, heavy-handed, like, boobies jokes and stuff, but there's, like, some funny, um, Eats is always making your mom jokes about Woody, like, mm-hmm. about him fucking his mom, and he, like... <laughs> And he brings him in in, like, clever moments. I, lo- I like that part. <laughs> Fucking love that part He's where... He's, like, the Finn Wolfhart of the group. Yes. Well, I was gonna say, where Bill Hader is oh. like, oh, I was talking to your mom the other night, and Eddie goes, what? And he goes, she said, oh, no, 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 plans, but can you tell me, like, do each of these boys have, like, some kind of... If you let me speak. I'm so sorry. (laughs) so sorry. Okay, great. So... (laughs) Great minds, you know? It's literally the next line. Sorry. Um, so, Davey is, like, the pretty average and most grounded one of the group. Eats is the bad boy, and he's played by the kid from The Babysitter grown up into a teenager now. He wears a leather jacket. He's got a hard home life. Mm. I, I really like this actor kid because, like, in Babysitter 1, he's playing, like, little nerd boy. In this, he's playing, like, the badass. And then in Babysitter 2, he's still playing the same character, but he's gone through puberty, and he's like, no, I'm shy and not cute at all. And it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> You're probably very popular. Yeah. And then the other two, Faraday is the know-it-all ginger, big glasses wearing, and Woody is a bigger kid, but he's so kind, he's just, like, a very nice boy, and he's kind of Davy's closest friend, like, if we were to break them up. As they're in the treehouse, Davy brings up the missing kids, like, about, you know, he thinks it's a serial killer, but apparently this is something that Davy is super into, is, like, conspiracy theories, mm-hmm. and that's, like, a big part of his personality, so his friends are like, this is just another conspiracy theory, you're crazy, they're, it's just, they're just murders, like, it's not connected to some grand scheme, and, yeah. and he's trying to convince them, but they're like, you're stupid, and they probably make, like, a your mom joke. And then we go back to Davy's house, and we're in his bedroom, and it's establishing, basically just reiterating what we just found out, which is that his walls are covered in, like, conspiracy articles mm. from a specific, like, one of those types of journals that's like, yeah. friggin' UFOs, and there was one that said... The one that was, like, Hitler clones? And then, like, <laughs> they, like it probably has, like, a Batboy article, that whole kind of thing. So he's really into that. Um, Davey is in his room, and he's actually spying on his hot neighbor, the blonde from Riverdale. They're, like, vastly different in age. They are. She used to babysit him. Oh, good. Um, he's 15. She's graduating high school. Yeah. Yeah. 
so not like super old, but old enough to have babysat him before. And he's spying on her from the window, and he and his friends are on the walkie-talkies, and they're all just talking about how hot she is and, like, kind of setting up who she is. Yeah. What's her name? Nikki. Okay. Yes. Davey is shown the next morning, and we see now, oh, his dad works for the news. He's, like, in the news van, like, cleaning his lens on his camera or something. Mm -hmm. And Davey is cleaning up trash because the raccoons keep knocking the trash over, and so he's having a conversation with his dad... And he's kind of complaining because it seems like his dad never, like, takes him seriously and he wants to learn how to do videographer-type stuff. Mm. And his dad keeps, like, pushing it off or being like, oh, like, you can't borrow Maybe this, you can't look at this. Yeah, and it's kind of sad. And he's just, like, dismissing what he's saying as he's cleaning up the trash. Later in the house, the phone rings and Davey goes to answer it from his room. But when he does, you know, it's, it's old school, it's in the 80s. So he's picked up the phone, but his dad has already picked it up. So it's like he goes to say hello, but then he already hears that his dad is having a conversation. So he's about to put the phone down because he realizes his dad has answered, and it's like, oh, okay. But then he hears something that they say, and it's like, oh, fuck. Which is basically his dad is getting a phone call from the news station being like, you gotta get out here because they have a story, and it's about the Cape May Slayer. And apparently they got a letter, like, submitted to the news station or the police or something like that. They got a letter where it's, like, someone claiming that they did all of these child murders around the area. So confirming his conspiracy. So, of course, he listens in as they're, like, discussing this. Essentially what they say is that he's claimed to have killed 13 teenage boys (gasps) over the past decade. And so he runs out of the room to go walkie his friends and be like, I was right, and he tells them this news, and they're like, yeah, it's actually already on other news channels, Uh and so they're all finding out about it, and we see him go downstairs and see a story with his mom, like, they're both there watching it happen on the news, and a different policeman, one that's not Mackie, is giving a statement saying that the claims are real, like, that there was enough evidence to back up, you know, the murders, and they, they give the generalization that we now know so familiar we're so familiar with now, but back then was probably pretty new. Mm-hmm. They're like, the murderer's probably a man, probably in his late 30s, probably lives alone. Definitely and it's like, white. Yeah, definitely like they white. they all are. <laughs> yeah. um, and they say that his victims appear to be males aged 12 to 16. Perfect boy. The perfect oh, age. The perfect age. <gasps> no, that's what Maggie said. <laughs> <laughs> the boys then meet up to discuss this serial killer, but before we can get to like... The good true crime stuff. Oh no, Nikki's across the street and she's taking off her bra. <laughs> We're like, oh yes. Stop the movie. Titties are abound. So Is there nudity? No. Okay. Jesus. We just see her back. Okay. Yeah. She's a it reminds me of the front woman. where the boobs are. <laughs> it reminds me that on the other side where it's not flat, <laughs> it's actually the mound. It's from that. SNL skit about period dramas with Carrie Mulligan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like the part where they showed their backs because it reminds me of the front, which is where the boobs are. <laughs> so anyways, she's taking off her shirt and all the boys are looking, but Davey kind of slumps down for a second and discourages them. He's like, no, we shouldn't be doing this. It's not okay. And then she starts to turn around and all three of the boys duck in time except for Davey and he makes eye contact with her. No, with her titties? No, she's fine. <laughs> oh, she's dressed now? She's probably in a bra. I don't remember. Okay. He might have seen her titties, but then she caught him, so. Also, he does this every night. He's seen her titties. He, he does it every night? Probably. He has binoculars. What kind of freak has binoculars? <laughs> <laughs> if you have binoculars, turn yourself 
end. <laughs> You're the Every Kate boy Mace in later. the eighties. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so, okay, you do. You I do. just I just wanted to talk about this because I I was very stumped and I asked Dakota and I even sent a clip to Daniel because I was like I wanted to figure it out. So I just wanted to project this into the world. Maybe someone out there will be like, oh, it's exactly from this. And I thought it would be easier to find. But essentially, the boys are, it's nighttime, and the boys are walking into frame from a road. And the way that it looks almost looks like they're coming out of the ground, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, it's a road that's, like, hillish. Yeah, so they're, so like, they're coming ascending. Into, yeah, they, yes, they're mm-hmm. ascending into the frame, and they all have their flashlights. And Courtney says she's pretty sure it's E.T., but it's not perfect. I just, I feel like there's a movie where it's like literally like a group of boys coming into frame like that. And I tried, I tried to look. Maybe I'm just thinking it's something that it's similar to, but. I mean, like, all of Stand By Me does that, but it takes place in the daytime. That was like, I really thought there was going to be a shot like identical from Stand By Me. Yeah. But maybe sure it's just it a reference. similar vibe to yeah. Stand By Me. And they, some of them are wearing leather jackets. It feels very Lost Boys. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's that. Have you ever seen Lost Boys? One time. It's all it's all very eighties, but I, I understand it might be like a direct yeah. like the way they're rising up. But mm-hmm. um, um, so they're all on the way to play manhunt again though, but this time they can't find their friend Sammy, um, who usually comes to play. So they go and they check his house, and the lights are all off, and no one is answering the door, but their car is still in the driveway, and so Davy tries to open the front door, but it's locked, and then he looks across the street because Mackie's house is right across the street. And so he looks kind of suspiciously on at that. Davy goes home and he drinks a good old glass of milk. Disgusting. <laughs> I hope Davy dies. <laughs> you guys don't like to drink milk. I used to. I can't no more, yeah. Kimberly. Ew, you guys would just drink. Sometimes. Milk. Yeah, sometimes. Oh like with pancakes God. or like pasta. Oh, pasta! <laughs> <laughs> All right, that one threw me off. <laughs> it's something that in the sorority house I saw a bunch of people doing all the time, and I tried it, and I was like, "This, I like this." Interesting. I grew up with a whole family that would have an ice cold. Literally, they put ice in a cup. No, I poured milk on it. Okay, ice in milk. You should go to jail. I think all milk is disgusting. I hope the milk industry dies. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what's interesting is he notices on the carton what. Oh no, the missing kids. A missing child. A fun fact, though, is that 1984 was the year that they started putting kids' faces on the cartons. 1984 was also the year that the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children was created. Wow. So, people learned from the 70s. They got their shit together. People figured that, oh, maybe this is some serious business. (laughs) Yeah. But anyways, he's looking at it, and there's a boy on the back of the carton, and... He runs to his treehouse immediately to tell his friends that the missing boy on the milk carton is the redhead he saw at Mackie's house <gasps> wearing the MTV mm-hmm. shirt. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Oh, Dusty DeWitt. That was his name. Yeah. I forgot to write it down. He tells them that he thinks Mackie kidnapped this boy and that Sammy's family caught him in the process and that's why that family is missing too. So he's like connecting two crimes together. Mm. Eats joins in on this and says, actually, my brother works at the hardware store and says that Mackie buys 100 pounds of dirt every week. <gasps> the group discusses this and they decide that they need to get some solid evidence and they got to find it on their own. So Operation Mac Attack starts now. <laughs> Cute little name. Funny. Yeah. Um, so the stuff that they discover, this is like kind of a little montage, but they discover that he leaves his house every day at 824 with a gym bag. 
He gets home at 6.25 from work with the same bag. He goes into the garage and closes it so that you can't see him, like, taking stuff out of the car. He eats dinner alone at 8.30 every night, and he goes for a jog at 11 p.m. for an hour. Which is a weird time to go for a jog, but whatever. Honestly, if I weren't a woman, I would go for a jog then. That sounds nice. Yeah, it it's does. It's cold. Even though, like, maybe I'm just a wimp because I'm not used to, I've never been a man, but I, I feel like even as a man, I'd be like, no, that's not safe. I like it because... That's because you're a woman. You're a woman. When you're a man, you have nothing to fear. You oh, are the no. fear. Yeah. Um, the boys go to Mackie's house later because they decide they need to look through his trash to try to get some evidence, and this is while he's on one of his late night runs. And he's, like, right across the street from them, so they can see into his place pretty easily. And so they go to look through his trash cans, and they're like, this is fine because the raccoons always knock the trash cans over, so it's not going to be a big deal. They'll just think that, he'll just think that. They also check his mail, but they don't find anything in the trash or in his mail, so boo-hoo. When they're doing this, though, there's, like, this little side part where Woody asks if he can sleep over at Davy's house because he doesn't want to be at home. And it's like, oh no, what's going on there? And we see him going home, actually, to get his stuff. And his mom is on the couch crying. It looks like she's a nurse based on her outfit. And so um, she's, like, on the couch crying. And you see that she's been drinking. And she's just, like, having a really tough time. And he, like, puts her to bed on the couch and, like, covers her with a blanket. And she says, I love you. It's very sad. Fuck. Yeah. Then we're back at Davy's house and his doorbell rings. So he's like, okay, Woody's here. But he answers the door and it's Nikki, my babysitter. And she comes in and she's like instantly flirting with him. And it's like, it's just very, it's very kind of out of nowhere. And she starts like commenting on stuff in the house like, oh, this looks different than when I babysat you. Like this has moved around, blah, blah, blah. And she like even, she just makes herself right at home. She like opens the fridge. She grabs a soda. She It's like, bitch, Jeez. I haven't talked to you in years. I really don't like this plot line, but I do yeah. kind of appreciate her confidence. She's like, I know you spy on me, I'm fucking sexy, and I'm gonna toy with you. Yeah. <laughs> right. But and I, also, I just made eye contact. Yeah. <laughs> it also just kind of, like, blends into, like, why, though? Like, why are you hitting on a 15-year-old? And it's just very, mm. like, I don't know, very 80s movie where it's like, we put a woman in here to flirt? I don't know what else she does. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she's just doing this thing, like, making herself at home, and she's like, I saw your parents leave, like, all dressed up to go to dinner, and I thought I'd come over, and it's still like, bitch, why? And then they go, she walks up to his bedroom and um, notices all that stuff on the walls, like all those articles, and she's like, oh shit, I shouldn't have given you that first one. So it like implies that she kind of introduced him to the whole conspiracy mm, thing. And, I like but, that. Yeah. yeah, which is cute. But apparently it's like, she's like, wow, you're really into this now. Um, and then she says the thing that Courtney just said where she's like, looks at how you can see her room from the bedroom, and he just goes, I've never seen you naked! <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and that I find really cute, but her response, I'm like, bitch, can you calm down? She goes, that's too bad, I've got a great body. <laughs> okay, queen. Yeah. <laughs> okay, queen, but are you 18? <laughs> okay, and queen, are you 18? And he's 15? That's not okay. <laughs> yeah. They're, like, just talking in his room for a second, and then she gets weirdly close to him and kind of looks like she's going to kiss him. But you're like, why? <laughs> and they look like they're leaning in for a kiss. But then all of a sudden his parents come home and she's like, gotta go. And then she sneaks out of his window. So that's that. Uh, <laughs> then we get a scene. This is just like a cutaway scene to something completely different. Some kid we've never seen who looks like a baby Paul Dano, in my opinion. He's got Whoa. like similar hair. And just the similar features. So he's like little 15-year-old Paul Dano looking motherfucker. 
and he's leaving someone's house to go home. But as he's walking home, he gets kidnapped by a, someone we don't see. Uh, it's a really good sequence of him running away from him, too. And really? dodging and trying to outsmart, like, the noises he's hearing behind him, but we don't Ooh, see who does it. And now that I'm thinking about it, when he's, like, looking down the dark alleyway, it's very reminiscent of Nightmare on Elm Street when mm. Freddy's coming down the smoky alley. Ew. Nice. Yeah. In the daytime, the boys are all inside Woody's mom's car with Woody in the driver's seat. And he's extremely nervous because he doesn't want to drive. Um, and none of them are of age. But he's the only one with a car that's easy to take around and also to take from his home unnoticed. And there's a funny line in the trailer where he's like, what if we get pulled over? And they say, you look 30, dude. And he does. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they go to follow Mackie for the day as Mackie drives around town in his cop car. And Davy tells the boys about Nikki coming over, and of course they don't believe him. Why would you? Anyways, they follow Mackie to the hardware store, and they notice him buying tons and tons of dirt. No. As well as a pickaxe. <gasps> he's really into gardening. <laughs> he, he's really about that composting. Possibly. If you're a murderer and you need a bunch of dirt, don't go buy it from the hardware store where everyone can see you buying yeah. it. And repeatedly go yeah. buy it from different stores. Yeah. Uh, the boys follow Mackie to the next location, but they lose him, and they actually almost get into an accident <gasps> in the process. So Davy spies on Mackie later, and he notices that he has switched cars. Hmm. They now don't know where the dirt is, either. And Nikki is outside Davy's window, and she gestures for him to come down. So this is when, like, we got hints of earlier about the divorce, but this is when, like, they actually talk about it. And uh, they're talking about her parents' divorce, and honestly, this scene is just so... Maybe it's just because I don't like her character, but it's just her being like, I'm sad about my parents' divorce. Isn't my life sad because my parents got divorced? I'm so sad. And he, of course, is being supportive and nice because he loves her. Yeah, so I, said, I wrote bonding or annoyingly written female character. I'm not sure. But he tells her about the Mackie theory, like, as they're, you know, bonding and stuff. And she, she doesn't, like... This isn't, like, a mean thing, but she laughs about it. She's like, that's ridiculous. He's a cop. He's friends with my dad. Like, there's no way. And you shouldn't be, like, investigating murder suspects anyway. Like, that's super dangerous. And if he, you know, say you were to find something bad, like, something could happen to you. Stop. Stop doing this. It's stupid. Okay. She's the murderer. Interesting. I mean, babysitting, that's a good way to get kids. <laughs> Until the parents come home and you've murdered their kids. She's actually a succubus, you guys. Ooh. What does that mean? You know, it's like, it's a, like a mythical creature. Mythical <laughs> female demon that kind has like a, a siren. snake tongue okay. and seduces men to kill them. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> the next day, Mackie is sitting on his lawn, and this scene is, this has mad pedo vibes. Um, he's, <laughs> he's sitting on his lawn, and he's just like drinking and he's got a little ice chest next to him, and there's a bunch of rando kids, like, even younger kids, like, maybe 10, 11, 12. What the fuck? And they're all playing on the street, they're just, like, oh, having oh, a good time. No, they're not, like, hanging out with them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like, when you all no. go, like, but he's, has a daycare? <laughs> no. But he's just, like, sitting there, and it's like, he's not reading, he's not doing anything, he's just, like, watching the neighborhood kids play, which is creepy. Mm. And then he's like... Hey, kids, come over here. I have, like, otter pops. No! He calls them something else, but he's like, I got otter pops, and they're all like, yeah! And they, like, pick their little flavors out of the ice chest, and then they run away, but the camera just keeps zooming in closer and closer on him watching them. Very scary. What the fuck? Then we cut back to the treehouse, and the boys are getting drunk together. 
Mm. So they're drinking some whiskey or something. And they decide they're going to go check back on their friend Sammy because they're kind of getting, like, drunk energy. They're like, you know what? Let's go back and let's go make sure Sammy's okay. And so they go back to that house, but this time the door is unlocked. And so Davey, like, freaks the fuck out because nothing has changed. They haven't seen them come back. Why is the door unlocked? And they get out their flashlights and they're going through the house and they're, like, all talking about this weird-ass smell and how it doesn't smell good in there. And they're going around... And all of a sudden, they're like, okay, we need to turn the lights on to make it less creepy. But as they go to reach for the lights, a lady's hand turns around and flips the light on, accompanied by a jump scare noise, which kind of pissed me off. It was like, and then it's Nikki. And she's like, ah, and they, you know, they did that classic, we scared each other thing. Mm -hmm. And they're like, what are you doing here? And she's like, oh, they, the family asked me to house sit for them. I was just here to feed their cat. And so then they just kind of. A story, Nikki. (laughs) So they kind of, like, get into this little conversation just about her being there and them, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, she makes some reference to how she was hanging out with Davey the other day. And so then the boys are like, holy fuck, she was actually hanging out. Like, you guys are actually friends. And so she does the cool thing where she's like, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna give this kid some cool points. She says, like, he's more of a man than you'll ever be. Like, <gasps> essentially implying they hooked up. And she, like, walks around the corner, and they're like, you're my fucking hero, dude! And and, oh and she's, like, kind of smirking behind the corner. And it's, like, cute, but I'm still, like, you're creepy. Yeah, it's, like, it, yeah, it sucks because we want him to get the cool points. Right. But also, it's, like, it's also the 80s. Not that it being in the 80s makes it okay. The next night, the boys decide that they're going to pretend to play manhunt. And instead, this will be an excuse for them to do some reconnaissance at Maggie's house while he's mm. home. And so, some random other kid thinks that they're actually playing, though, and, like, catches them, and he's like, I got you, dude! You're out! And they're like, fuck off! <laughs> and he's, like, all pissed, because he's like, no, I caught you guys! And they, they're not there to play. It's really funny. Run home, kid! Oh my god. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Stitches and then they bitches. And then they use that kid as bait. Yeah. <laughs> as they are spying on Maggie after they've told the other kid to fuck off. They see that he has what looks like blood on him, and he is cleaning with bleach. (laughs) (laughs) The blood kind. And Davy starts to move towards another window, but then Mackie opens that window and catches him. Davy runs away as Mackie looks. Mackie sees him. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, full on, their faces are basically touching. The next day, they realize that during this whole stupid time of theirs, they dropped one of their walkie-talkies at Maggie's house. No! So Davey goes over there to look for it, and when he does, he runs into Maggie. And Maggie says, you scared the crap out of me last night. And Davey's kind of like, ha ha, we are playing manhunt, sorry about that. And he instead uses Maggie owing him money for the newspapers yet again as an excuse for why he's in his yard. Mm-hmm. And Mackie leads him to the backyard to go and get the money for the newspapers. Again, he's always leading him places. It's like, where do you keep your money, man? Yeah. Also, isn't it 50 cents? Hand it to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so he leads him to the backyard where Davy can see kind of a weird grave-shaped mound of dirt in the garden. The it's like, Yeah, it's like body-sized. Yeah. As Davy notices this, Mackie notices the crappy G.I. Joe walkie-talkie. He gives it to Davy, but he also offers Davy a real one. He says, I have these really good ones that are, like, retired from the police force. No. They pick up everything. If you want them, I can give them to you. Davey freaks out and says, maybe next time, and he leaves. Is he saying, like, 
I've been listening in on your guys' walkie-talkies because mine picked up everything. Potentially. At night, Davy spies on Mackie with binoculars, and as he's looking through them, he pans to his upstairs window and sees Mackie is looking at him with binoculars! (laughs) (laughs) Everyone in this town knows binoculars. (laughs) He freaks out and he ducks down, and when he looks back at Mackie's window, Mackie's not there, but you know what is? His walkie-talkie that he left in his yard. Oh, no. So he's taunting him. He put it yeah. on the windowsill, a walkie-talkie that he oh, found. No. <laughs> Davey freaks out at this incident with the fucking eye contact and the walkie-talkie, so he calls the friends on the walkies. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he freaks out and he tells the friends about it, and they're like, all right, you know what? We gotta, we gotta fucking kick shit up a notch. And so they plan a mission for the next night. During Mackie's run, they're gonna go follow him to wherever the fuck he goes. And so Woody and Faraday decide that they're going to be the ones to go follow Mackie, while Davy and Eats are going to dig up that grave-looking thing and see what's Ew. in there. So they're following Mackie on his run to see where he goes. And so they end up finding out that he goes to a storage unit. I don't know if he goes there every time, but this time he did. Woody and Faraday are there. They went on their bikes to go follow him, like kind of a little bit behind him. And there's like a little dumpster near the storage unit, so they're kind of like hiding behind the dumpster looking at him, but it's, like, really sketchy because if he were to run back that way instead of around the other side of the building, like, they're fucked. Yeah. But what they see is they see that there's a Volkswagen Beetle inside of this storage unit. So they're, like, he has another fucking car, and there's also a bunch of fertilizer bags. So we see, like, (laughs) he's been storing a bunch of the dirt over here, but they still don't really know what all this is about, right? Do you guys know who drove a Volkswagen Beetle? <gasps> yeah, it's a bunny. Yeah. But also Kimmy does! And she's also a murderer, so I yeah. have a, that checks surprise, out. Surprise, bitch! Honestly, yours is silver. That's kind of like the least threatening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually picked it on purpose because like, I wanted something nondescript because like, if you get something that's like red, cops will see it really easily. Why didn't you get baby blue like Brooke Davis? <sighs> I really missed out on a lot of opportunities <laughs> <laughs> when I decided to get a Beetle. <laughs> So Mackie, all of a sudden, as they're in the middle of spying on him, thankfully he doesn't go run back in the direction they are because they'd be fucked. Yeah. But he does hop in the Beetle to drive it home. And so they're like, oh, fuck. And so they're freaking out and they're trying to get home, like, in time to be in range to tell them, like, he's coming home, but he's going much faster than them now because he's not jogging. And so Davy and Eads don't know this. But they're, you know, they're digging and they're not finding anything. They can only dig so far in the time that they have. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you know what? Why don't we check the shed? There's, like, shed in the backyard. Why don't we go check in the shed? But it's got a padlock on it. But Eats, being the crafty little bad boy that he is, has a little pin that he uses and he jimmies the lock open. Oh, my God. And uh, also you can see that Davey's impressed by this. He's like, oh, that's cool. And they're looking through, and it's all just, like, basic shed stuff. And they just start seeing all this basic stuff. But then they find... What do they find, Kimmy? What do you think they find? A t-shirt. What's on the t-shirt, Kimmy? But, what's on the t-shirt? No. But! Oh, well, yeah, but no. What's on the t-shirt? MTV logo, Kimmy! Oh, no! Yeah. Yeah, you guessed it. Oh. <laughs> you didn't. Uh, it's Dusty DeWitt's shirt, and it does have some blood on it, so you're partially correct. Okay. He's the redhead from the milk carton. Yeah. Yeah. And Woody and Faraday make it to the garden, and they're like, he's in a car, we gotta, we gotta get the fuck out. And they do. And now they've got all this stuff, right? They've got, like, the bloodstained shirt, they found out about the storage unit, they know he has this, like, extra car that people don't know about, they know he uses pickaxes, shovels, 
all this dirt. They found all this stuff, right? And they're thinking, like, maybe the kids are buried somewhere else because they weren't in that little thing we were digging up, so I don't know where they would be. And Woody says, well, when we saw him in the storage unit, we did see some weird chemicals that said Noah on them. Like, do you think that could mean anything? And he writes it down because he's like, it looked weird. And he writes N, capital N with a little O, capital A, capital H. And Faraday looks at him and he's like, I think you mean this. And it's not Noah, it's Na-O, so N-A-O-H, which is sodium hydroxide. (laughs) And they look it up in their encyclopedias because they don't have Google because they're stupid boys from the 80s. (laughs) And they see that it breaks down the chemicals in flesh. And so they're like, "Mm, that's super sketchy. And they decide now it's time to tell your parents because this shit is a lot of evidence. Look, guess what? They don't fucking believe them. You got it, Kimmy! The next scene cuts to the parents' reaction and it is no bueno. Mm -mm. They roll their eyes. They slap them across the face. They pee on the boys and they say, you're stupid. (laughs) (laughs) They pee on the boys. And Davy's dad says, you're going to go next door. And you're gonna apologize. No! Oh my god, no! The worst thing. Honestly, I don't (laughs) give a shit what your kids did. If there's even the tiniest chance he's a murderer, you don't fucking tell him this. No. Davy's dad takes the whole group of boys next door to Mackie's house, and Davy just looks at him and explains in like a really mumbled, sheepish way. Hey, I was the one who hid in your garden, and I fucked up your garbage. It wasn't raccoons. And Davy's dad is like, tell him why. No, and what the Davey, fuck? He's a bad dad. Davy uh, displays the milk carton to Mackie with Dusty on it, and he says, I thought I saw this boy in your home a few weeks ago when we were playing Manhunt, and so I figured you were the Cape May Slayer. Just telling him, like, everything that they yeah. know. Oh, what the fuck? Um, it's it's shitty because it's like he told his dad everything. So it's like his dad's like, come clean about everything. He's I like, know. I don't need to tell him everything. <laughs> like, I was looking in your garbage for porn. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. instead it's like, no, I think you're the Kate May Slayer. Yeah. Mackie takes all of this information in before laughing heartily. Ah, you kids. And he even like <laughs>, laughs with Davy's dad. And he's like, well, th- those are some boys you got there. Like, this is hysterical. Wait till I tell the force about this. He tells Davy, that was my nephew, Jamie, who was here. That was not Dusty that you saw in the window. And he came by to help me renovate my dark room. Yeah, likely story. I know. And Davy says, I thought you said you didn't have any family nearby. And Mackie's like, he was in town. My sister needed me to watch him, and he was here for that. Then Davy produces the bloody t-shirt. And says, the boy in your house was wearing this, and we found it in your shed. And Mackie says, Jamie cut himself on a nail down in the basement. Please, come inside, and we're just going to give Jamie a call. And Davy's dad <laughs> says, absolutely not. We've put you through way too much already. Mackie offered. He said, uh, please, come in. Like, call my nephew. Honestly, if you're a killer, that's such a gamble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Davy's dad thanks him for listening. And he says goodbye to Mackie, and he tells Davy's friends, go home, I'm going to call your parents, you little sluts. And then he <laughs> and grounds. And he on them again. <laughs> he grounds Davy. <laughs> I knew it, they got grounded. They got grounded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm so pissed. <laughs> and how the dad handled it? Yeah, about everything that's... that's bad been. dad award. Bad dad award. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. just gave everything away, goddammit. Uh, while he's grounded... Davy practices picking a lock because he thought it was cool when Eats did it. So he's trying it himself so that he can oh do God. it in the future. Foreshadowing. 
Foreshadowing. <laughs> um, and then the phone rings, and oh my god, it's Nikki! Yes, my favorite. <laughs> she says, Davy, come over! And she really does. And he does. And when they're at her house, they're looking at photos of her, like, when she babysat Davy, and then she, like, jokes that she's going to take the pictures with her to Stanford, because that's where she's going to college, and she's like, I don't know, I just, like, I'm I'm scared to go to college and to, like, leave and stuff, but you're the only person I'm going to miss, whatever. And (laughs) I'm, like, growing to hate her more as I'm talking about her. And then they talk about how he got caught for spying on Mackie, and, you know, she thinks it's funny, but she's also like, you know, that that's what I said was going to happen. And they end the conversation with Davy saying, but if I'm right about Mackie, now who's going to stop him? Dun, dun, dun. So the next day, Davy's at home alone, and there's a knock at the door, and it's Mackie. And he's in his uniform, he's got a gun around his no. waist. And Mackie asks if he can come in. <laughs> and Davy's like, oh, it's not a good time. I'm, I don't know what he says, but he makes up some excuse. And Mackie's like, no, I just, I just came over. Like, I don't need much time. I just came over to make sure there's no hard feelings. Like, I'm really not upset that you guys, like, thought I was a murderer. Like, I know you're a good kid. I've been friends with your parents. Like, it's fine. And he's like, but, you know, if you're still worried about the Slayer, I could keep you updated, like, as we find new evidence and stuff. And Davy kind of almost is, like, bragging. He's like, well, that's not necessary because my dad tells me everything that he hears, you know, as a news reporter. And he's like, oh, okay, sure. Mackie senses that Davy still doesn't like him, though. And so he's like, you know, I can maybe talk to your parents about, like, easing up on your whole, like, grounding thing if you want to. Then Davy's kind of like, you know what? That's not necessary. But what is necessary is you offered to call that Jamie nephew of yours. You want to you yeah. call him? yeah. And he's like, oh, sure, but, I mean, I would have to come inside the house to call him. And Davey, which Courtney wrote, this is, like, a smart thing to do. Davey is like, no, no, our phone cord's really long. I'll just bring it to you. It's hysterical. It's so far away. (laughs) It's really far. It's, like, all the way from the front door down a hallway into the kitchen. So he grabs the phone, but when he's gone grabbing the phone, he's just, like, come inside anyway. So Mackie's, like, in the entryway, obviously, like, already in the house. So if something bad were going to happen, Davy now grabs a knife and sticks it in his back pocket because he's nervous, right? So he does bring the phone over, and Mackie dials the phone number, and they're just kind of standing there. It's ringing, it's ringing, like, forever, but there's no answering machine, there's no nothing, right? Because they didn't have that. And he's like, oh, sorry, I guess he's not home, but I'd be happy to try again later if you want. And Davy's like... Nah, that's okay. Enough, he, like, he's like, I've, I've fucking done this shit a lot. Like, I just made you call him, and this yeah. is stupid. Okay. Halfway All right, point. Kimmy, halfway point. Okay. All right, guys. Deep cut here. Mm. Nikki is the killer. Mm. Nikki's the killer. She's the killer <laughs> because she's, like, telling Davey not to, like, investigate. Mm. She's like, it's not safe. She's very unassuming. And maybe it's because... She had, like, some kind of secret illicit affair with Mackie mm. or whatever. Nikki's the fucking killer, okay? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this other part is part of it, but maybe they had, like, an affair and, like, some kids saw them and they didn't want him to go to jail, so they killed the kids. Okay. And then Nikki, like, has a taste for killing kids, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know. Maybe it was a lot of kids that saw them. 
Maybe they were playing manhunt. <laughs> <laughs> they were playing manhunt. And they all saw them. Yeah, maybe it's really not Mackie at all, and it is just Nikki, and she's, like, got a thirst for fucking... Why would she be, like, such an important character if she's not really in it very much? Okay. That's what I think. Yeah. And maybe maybe it's just, like, not Mackie at all. Okay. Because they say in the trailer, like, we were wrong. We were, like, so wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Who's going to die? Die? Mackie. <laughs> <laughs> Mackie's going to try and protect the kids. He's going to find out. Oh, and, like, I right in the nick of time, he's going to be like, no kids behind me. Nikki's going to be like, click, and kill him. Oh. That's a fun trope where you think the killer is a killer. And then but he, then he, he, always he gets, tries to, yeah. yeah. That's spicy. Yeah, you guys, I'm feeling good. <laughs> okay, I love. So after they have called Jamie, Davy says, it's okay, you don't need to come back and call him again. I'm sorry for being an idiot. And the two shake on it. And Mackie says, I'm sorry, I got you grounded. But I'm going to do what I can to get you out of this house. Mm. And as he leaves, Mackie says, and I promise, I'll do everything I can to catch this bastard. Or bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Davy then heads back into the kitchen. He calls the operator, yeah. and he says, can you please tell me the last number dialed from this phone? And the operator starts reading him the number. Davy takes the little pen that's on his fridge whiteboard, and he starts writing it down as the operator reads it to him. And as he does, we see this list of emergency contacts that his parents have also put on the whiteboard. And it turns out the number Mackie dialed was his own Oh he no! His <laughs> no. own house! God damn it! <laughs> ah, I love it. Oh, no! I'm happy we put the halfway point there. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was gonna be Nikki's phone. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to Davy telling all of his friends and hatching yet another plan. This time, they're not just gonna spy, they're gonna full on break into Mackie's basement. <laughs> Operation Mac a stab. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Davy's mom then calls him downstairs and she says, Hey, Buster, I want you to see this. And so Davy's looking and his mom is showing him the TV. And on the TV is a press conference. And the chief of police is praising Officer Wayne Mackey, the arresting officer who has located the Cape May Slayer. And a mugshot of some rando is shown on the screen. And Davy's mom says, It's all thanks to Mr. Mackey. <laughs> And now the Bay Festival that the town has every year is back on because no one's scared. And that man's a hero. Oh no. And you're an idiot. The beaches are open. Him. There's no shark. She pees on him. <laughs> she says, Me and your dad are gonna go to that festival. We're gonna have popcorn. We're gonna have hot dogs. And, and when I you're get gonna back, you won't be here. You're gonna stay here and think about what you've done. And Davy returns upstairs to his friends and he's like, No, I don't even give a shit. I don't care. And they all call him desperate. But he says, Mackie did not catch the real killer. He is framing someone. You have to believe me. Yeah. So Davy proposes, this time, we break in. We take my dad's work camera, and we catch on film whatever is in Mackie's basement. Mm. Eats and Faraday are just not even a little bit down for this. So Davy tells them, you don't even need to be. You just need to be the lookouts. Faraday has to go to the festival with his parents. So great, go there and watch Mackie. Yeah. Eats hang out at the end of the street, buzz us if he comes down, and Woody, please just come with me to his house and you don't have to go inside, you just be the lookout. Eats and Faraday are reluctant and they tell Davy, if anything goes sideways, we're pinning all of this on you, like we're fed up with your shit. Mm. But the boys, they all put their hands in, 80s style, and they agree to the plan. It's the night of the Bay Festival! 
Davy's parents leave him alone, just like they said that they would, and armed with their walkie-talkies, everyone goes to their prospective places. Um, we also see, this is kind of something Courtney nodded at earlier, but Eats is leaving his house, and he's wiping away tears, and you hear his parents fighting, like, inside as Damn he's it. leaving. So that's just like one of those nice moments like she was talking about where you get a little glimpse. Woody and Davy are heading on over to Mackie's and they pry open one of his windows with a screwdriver to get in. Uh, But as he's going in, Woody is like, I can't be a bad friend and just stay outside like I need to go in with you. Like, I don't know, what if shit goes down? And as they're about to climb in the window, Nikki shows up! And it's a, another jump scare. They, she's, this bitch is full of jump scares. She, like, slams her hand against the window. She's like, I'm coming with you. And so they head toward the basement. Uh, we're back at the harbor at the Bay Festival, and Faraday sees Mackie and his cop buddies. And, like, there's basically this big thing that's being revealed at the Bay Festival. Mm-hmm. And this is when you get that line where he walkies into everyone and goes, You were wrong about everything! Because we see that Mackie and his cop buddies have a bunch of axes and shovels and dirt and flowers because they're planting a huge garden down by the bay. Hence why they needed all the fucking dirt. (laughs) And so Faraday is like, you guys, like, get the fuck out of his house. This is not, we're not correct, okay? He then goes a step further and even turns off his walkie. He's like, fuck you guys, you suck. Which, bad friend, bad friend award. Bad dad, (laughs) bad friend award. Um, but Davy, Nikki, and Woody are like, you know what? Who needs a lookout? (laughs) He's all the way at the bay. We're gonna keep going. And so they're in the basement, and we've seen the basement before, but it's just like all the same stuff we've seen. Nothing really looks creepy except the fact that it's in the basement. But then they do see the locked room, and it's kind of creepy because we're like following a camera too, so it's just a little camera flashlight. And now that Davy's been practicing, he knows how to pick the locks, like Mm -hmm. you said, foreshadowing. In this scary basement room, Woody is looking around and he finds a baseball that's signed and given to a young Wayne. And there's photos and there's also these childhood bedroom things. And it looks like this was Mackie's room as a child. And we're in like a deep basement and it's pretty scary. Ew, what the fuck? Yet again in the basement is another door. Ew. This I is know. inside the creepy locked door. Can you believe that? The third yeah, basementception. Yeah. Yeah. This one, however, is unlocked, and it leads to a bathroom. And so they open the door, and there's a bathroom inside with a tub that has a shower curtain closed around oh it. Oh my god. The music intensifies <laughs> as they approach it and pull back the curtain to find the place where all of the darkroom photos are hanging. Oh, god, god damn it. Are you yeah. And so they just see some, like, peaceful photos hanging up there. And we're the photos? still looking. They're just, like, normal, basic-ass bitch photos. A white woman's Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and we are still looking through the camera as it pans down to the actual tub. And inside the tub is a decomposing bottle! <laughs> rotting in chemicals! And then something or someone grabs Davy's leg. <gasps> it's the Paul Dano boy that was taken in the night and he is still alive. Ew, oh my god! He's sitting down there on the floor. Oh my god, they're all in there! They grab the boy, <laughs> they rush up the basement steps where they get a closer look at all of those family photos Mackie has hung on the wall. The camera zooms in on each photo and then quickly cuts to a matching missing persons poster. (gasps) They're all not his. As Davy pieces it together, he says, holy shit, the people in the pictures aren't his family. 
There is victims! <laughs> and on the wall is a photo of Davy! What? No! <laughs> he says, I'm next! Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> Thank god we cut to the trio doing exactly what they should, showing the cops! Well, what? They're, They're at, at the, police the police station. station. Oh, what the fuck? I know. It's a good move. <laughs> yeah. Go right there. Can you imagine if his dad was like, apologize? <laughs> <laughs> Tell him that you thought that body decomposing was his. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they're at the cop station, and it's, like, with all these kids' parents, too, because they're, like, all of our kids are, like, found all this crazy, scary shit. Yeah. Um, and they have the video footage that all the cops are watching, so it's, like, this shit is legit. And so the chief says, get down to that son of a bitch's house now. Yeah. And he looks at Davy's parents, and he says, your son is a hero. Yeah. That boy's alive because of him. <gasps> And it's like, yeah, fuck you, Dad. <laughs> um, outside the station, Nikki and Davy are talking, and she tells him that she saw her parents hug for the first time in, like, a long, long time, because they're going through the divorce just because, I assume, they're, you know, happy their daughter's safe and they know who it is, all this yeah. stuff. And so she's like, that's so, she's just being very emotional. And she gives him a little kiss, and okay. then she leaves. But obviously Davy is like, wow, you know, we just caught that fucking... We found out who the murderer is. I got kissed by the hot babysitter. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. And as his parents are driving him home, his dad tells him through tears how proud he is of him and how much he loves him. And so things are things are going well, right? No. <laughs> so in his room, um, Davey is watching the cops like out the window at Mackie's, you know, like trying to find him or whatever, but Mackie is nowhere to be found. And Woody is there spending the night because his mom is actually at work currently. And Davey is like, well, when do you think that they'll catch Mackie? And he's like, oh, any minute. Like, the APB's been out on him for hours. But he's in his room or some shit. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. And so they kiss him goodnight, and Woody and Davey high-five as the screen fades to black. What? End of movie. What? What? Just kidding! Okay. <laughs> it's after midnight, and God. Davey is asleep in his bed, and Woody is next to him on the floor. It's a good thing they're together. The camera pans slowly out of Davey's room to an empty hallway. And the shot lingers just long enough to scare the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah. As the attic staircase slowly and silently releases from the ceiling. <laughs> one by one, footsteps descend from above. We see Woody still sound asleep as Mackie looks on him with his uniform still on. And the camera slowly zooms in on a sleeping Davy. He kind of flutters his eyes open, sensing someone's watching him. But a rag of chloroform is violently slammed against his oh face. Oh my god! Davy comes to in the back of a car, and his hands are tied behind his back. No! Woody is gagged with a bandana beside him. Woody's there too? Oh fuck! And they've been taken somewhere. Uh, the boys are actually able to get out of their restraints pretty easily. Okay, so they're like, what do we do now? And they're outside of the cop car... But then all of a sudden, rocks are being launched at the car. And they see Mackie, and he's literally just, like, put them there to taunt them. And so he's, like, you know, doing all this scary shit at the window. He's around the car. He's taunting them. They're able to get out and run away. 
But then he starts being on, like, the loudspeaker of the cop car, and he's like, I know how much you boys like games, Ew. so we're gonna play a real game of Manhunt. And it's like, Ew. you know, he could have just killed them, but it's clear he's, like, trying like, to fucking, fuck with yeah. them. So, super scary, and the boys run deeper and deeper into the woods, but then they're at, like, a cliff's edge, and it's like, I can't get across, they don't know where they are, very scary, and Woody is, like, having a panic attack, and he's like, I can't die tonight, because they also see... A bunch of remains. So it looks like this is where he comes to dump the bones Ooh. after he sizzles the bodies away in the bathtub. We're on some rando island. Oh my god. Yeah, they have no idea how to get off or where they are or anything. Um, all of a sudden, when they're like looking at all this stuff and they're trying to hide, they think they're being clever, but like, you know, we're, we're seeing the whole like them running, them hiding, then we see Mackie and it's... You know when someone hides behind a tree that they're going to, like, zoom around the other side of that fucking tree. Yeah. They don't do that, but what does happen is Davy's Achilles heel gets sliced. Ew! Oh my god! No, that, that's fucking worse. It's horrible. It's, it's really It's not, bad. like, they don't show, like, a close-up of it, but it's still, like, you the know how that... is... You know how that's going to feel. So we see Woody running for help, but he's not fast enough, and Mackie catches up to him, throws Woody face down, and lifts up his head... To slice him dead. Oh my god. Big ol' throat slice. And then it's just like super creepy. He's like oh my holding god. him to make the blood gush out faster. And he's like smiling as Woody dies in his arms. Oh my and god, Davey, Woody! It, I, know. I know. It's very sad. And Davy is like trying to get up because he's fallen down and his heel's all sliced. Yeah, so now he's like trying to, he's like, okay, well now that he's gone after Woody, I have to try to figure out how to get out of here. And there are shots of the island that show how desolate it is and that Davy looks like he's all alone. He limps back toward the police car and stumbles upon Woody's dead body. Mm. Mackie grabs him closely and he like pulls his forehead to his and he yells in Davy's face, You did this to yourself. You forced me out of my home and you stole my life. And Davy says he's sorry. But Mackie says, all I want to do is kill you. And he's breathing really heavily, and he's, like, bathed in this red light from the police car. Oh, my God. And he's just, like, clutching Davy so closely. And rather than gut him, he says, you've spent so much time thinking about me. I want you to keep thinking about me. I want you to imagine what I'm going to do to you when I come back for you. <gasps> and Davy cries, and Maggie tells him, because I'm going to come back for you. After you've spent your entire life looking over your shoulder, one day you'll be right. Oh my god. And he throws <laughs> Davy to the ground next to his dead best friend oh and drives away. Oh my god. Davy struggles all night to drag himself off the island and back to the main road. And eventually a car approaches and finds him laying in the dirt. And a nice old man drives Davy back into town. But near the island bridge, they see Mackie's police car on fire. He's abandoned it. Yeah. And Davy's parents visit him in the hospital, and he goes home, and he cries alone in his room. And he's crying in his room next to a stack of board games, and one of the board games is visible, and it's sorry. It's, like, framed, <laughs> so it says sorry right next to his face. Wow. As Davy rides his bike to deliver papers, much like the beginning of the film, he narrates. He says, you never know what might be coming around the corner. The suburbs are where the craziest shit happens, so it's very much like bookending the film. He rides by Nikki and sees her leaving for college. He sees that Faraday and Eats are tossing out some broken furniture. Like, it looks like they've kind of 
taken like solace in each other. Um, and he says, just past the manicured lawns and friendly waves, anything could be happening and you'd never know. If I've learned anything, it's that people hardly ever let you know who they truly are. Davy has finally reached Maggie's house, which still has the caution tape and stuff on it. And he pulls out a paper to reveal Mackie on the front page. And he says, even serial killers live next door to somebody. That's it. Oh my god. It's a dark ending, which I fully appreciate (laughs) that they decided to go there. (laughs) Alright, I'm fucking ready. Um, Well, hold on. We got some facts. This one I put, it was very, like, not specific, but... There was a lot of fun facts that I found that are talking about different nods to 80s movies, but most of them, honestly, were ones that I hadn't seen, like, really specific things about, like, when he's biking around or, like, references to other Spielberg stuff, but we also touched on some of those as we were talking about it. Something I did find really interesting, however, is that the glasses Faraday wears, obviously you can't see them because this is an explanation, but they're really similar in style, if not exactly the same style as the Dahmer glasses. Oh. Mm-hmm. And obviously Ted Bundy drove a similar car to the Beatle. So there's lots of connections to, to real-life murders. And um, it's interesting that this movie also came out in 2018. It came out in the beginning because it premiered at Sundance. Mm. So it was made then in 2017. But the fact that it features a cop who is a serial killer is interesting because three months later, the Golden State Killer was caught. Wow. Who was a serial killer mm. who was a cop. Kimmy's locked and loaded. She's ready to go. Yeah. All right, we're going to rate this in three, two, one. <laughs> Kayleen and I both have some halves in there. All right, Kayleen gave it a six and a half. I gave it a seven and a half. I gave it a nine. Good shit. I, I think you'll love it, Kimmy. <laughs> I mean, your reactions were very genuinely on the edge of your seat. I mean, you guys, that was a good story. <laughs> yeah, it's good. That was a good fucking story. Yeah. I I mean, I love the vibes. I love the aesthetic, the eighties tribute stuff. Blah blah blah. I love like their relationships and stuff like that and. And I was shocked by the twist. Like, mm. I was... The <laughs> twist? Yeah, like, I mean, I guess it wasn't really even a twist. It was what they thought all along. Yeah. Which is very clever. <laughs> <laughs> because they, they say, oh, it's him, it's him. You still think it's him. No, it's revealed that all the stuff that they thought, you know, the garden stuff. Oh, we were wrong. No, actually, surprise, you were right. Mm. Like, that's... And rather than catch him, it gets worse. <laughs> yeah, it gets worse, yeah. huh? They kill Woody, and then he's gonna haunt him for his entire life. Like, mm-hmm. that's so scary. Yeah. Man, I really thought it was gonna be Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> they do, honestly, they do kind of set up weird hints about her. I, I feel like I clever. felt that vibe in the movie as much as the explanation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I just really enjoyed it. Maybe upon watching, like, some of the stuff that, I don't know, Maybe I will enjoy it less because I know the <laughs> answer now. Mm. It's still shot well and the yeah. vibes and the music. I did see yeah. that in the trailer. Yeah, the trailer, it, it looks really good to look at. Yeah. You know, so I'm excited. I don't know. I was just blown away by that story, you guys. That's why I gave it a 9. Sweet. Good job. Yee. Okay, so I gave it a 6.5. So I'm going to talk about positives first, negatives second. Um, so positives about it. Obviously, I love the 80s vibes. Kids on bikes, when it's done well, it's like, Hell yeah. I really like the the actors. Like, I think that Davy is really good. Love that kid from The Babysitter. Yeah, it is beautiful to look at. It does have, like, the same, like, sharp quality that shows, like, Stranger Things have or that, like, it has. Um, and I do think the suspenseful moments were done very well. And I think Maggie does a great job of writing that line of where you're like, you seem like a creep, but are you a creep? But you mm-hmm. seem like one, right? Mm-hmm. So overall, it was enjoyable for sure. 
negative things. I don't know, maybe it just wasn't landing as well for me. I felt like, yeah, we knew he was the killer the whole time. And, like, some stuff was cool and surprising, but then also, like, when his dad is like, they'll catch him, son, you know they're not going to. So, like, I did assume he was in the house somewhere. Yeah. Um, but the I do love that shot that Courtney describes of the, the door coming down. That's, like, that's a great way to set it up. And it's, like, from the back, so you can't yeah. even see him. Um, and then I, I thought that this was, like, the perfect little one sentence that I think sums up why I didn't give it a higher score. I don't remember where I found this, but somebody said, neither funny enough nor scary enough to leave a lasting impression. And I feel like that sounds really harsh, but I felt like it wasn't as funny as, like, the It movies, and it wasn't as scary as, like, Stranger Things. Mm -hmm. And for those reasons, I was like, not that I'll never come back to it, but I think there's a lot of stuff like it that does it a lot better. Mm -hmm. And I think that maybe if this truly did come out in the 80s, it would have been like, this groundbreaking thing, but it came out now, and, like, copying what they're doing in a way that didn't totally hit the mark for me, but it's still, like, a good time. I I really think it hits in in every way. Um, I would give it, like, a higher score of, like, an 8. Like, it's a high 7.5, except my biggest thing is I hate all of the dick jokes and boob (laughs) jokes. It's it's over the top. That's, Um, like, what I feel like they think is their humor, and it's like, but we're not... 10-year-old boy. <laughs> it's it's kind of pretty much every line from the boys anytime they're hanging out. And I said, like, midway through my first watch, I was like, I've, I've had enough, and it just kept going. Mm. So that really took away from it. And we left that out of the explanation for you. You're welcome. Mm. <laughs> um, but Rich Simmons, who plays Mackie, gives a phenomenal performance. I think that man is so charismatic, yeah. and he brings it. And it's terrifying. Good and I'm really happy with the ending. I I thought that they went there and they actually did something new by killing Woody. I'm not saying yeah. that friends don't die in slasher films. Of course they do. But this really felt, like, wholesome. It would be as if they had slashed Will's throat in Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Like, I really liked Woody and I didn't think it was going to do that. And I think it's a fun ending to not have Davy stab him through the heart yeah. and watch him die in front of him. And he got the killer... He still has to live with the trauma. No, that killer's still out there. Mm-hmm. Maybe there'll be a summer of 94 and we'll get, like, a sequel. Well, yeah, that's, summer like, of 94. that's a good point. Yeah, I, I think while you guys were speaking about this, it really makes the title significant in a way that I didn't understand before knowing what the mm. story was about. Summer of 84. That's it, like, like, lingers with him forever. That, yeah, that he thinks about yeah. forever. It's not like, the summer of 84, where that crazy thing happened and we succeeded. It's yeah, like, yeah. that's the day that my life yeah. turned into a nightmare. It's mm-hmm. the major yeah. turning point and he's never going to be the same again. And it's it's kind of setting up a sequel where he is a broken person and he's not going to recover from that. And I kind of like that. I wonder if there's any research about that. I don't know. Like, if there's a sequel coming out? Like, if they have plans for a sequel. Or... I have no idea. Um, I do know that the directors of this is actually a group. Uh, oh. I think their name is RKSS. That's what they mm. go by. Um, and they're just, like, a group. I think it's a trio. And I'm, like, thrilled for them. They did a different movie that I do want to see called Turbo Kid that's, like, a Mad Max retelling, huh. which is interesting. So I'm excited to see what more they do. Um, the ending for this will stick with me because I did not think that was going to happen and I thought it was really well done. Honestly, the the previous half of the film doesn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. It's all about the, the latter half and I I really enjoyed it. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Good job, you guys. That was highly entertaining. I was sweet, very happy sweet, with sweet. your reactions. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
uh, our watch list ads and recommendations. So, Kayleen here going first. My watch list ad that I decided to put on here just because it's like similar vibes to this is Creep Show. It's mm. been on my letterbox watch list for a really long time. And maybe I'll wait till it's more like Halloween time. I don't know much about it. I just know that the poster for it looks a lot like Tales from the Crypt mm -hmm. and that it's from the 80s and that it's supposed to be kind of funny. Mm. So I want to see that. Um, and then my recommendation, I actually, I was going to leave it out of our questions because I knew I wanted to recommend it, but it's all right. You brought it up. It's the, it's the It movies. It's the mm. It movies. Mm. I feel like they satisfy that need of like, what you want from your 80s summer horror. Mm -hmm. um, and specifically, I'll say It Chapter 1 because it's the one with the kids. With the kids yeah. um, but both of them. I love both of them. They're both amazing. Okay, Kimmy here. I'm going to, for my watch list ad, I'm going to add this series coming to HBO, I think, called White Lotus. Oh. I think that's what it's called, White Lotus. It's just about a bunch of rich people who go to, like, a Hawaiian resort, I think, and it's just about them being rich and annoying. And I'm going to recommend it's this movie I watched a couple years ago called Super Dark Times. It's about young boys uh, and, like, some dark shit happens and kind of gets away from them. It's huh. really based in realism, so it's not, like, adventurous and fantastic. What is it set? Uh, I think modern. Okay. Yeah, modern. I've only seen it the one time. It was impressionable and, like, I, you know, just, like, one of those darker kind of, like, Indie movies that you watch like one night randomly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked it. Cool. I want to watch that. I saw the Suicide Squad trailer like in theaters for the first time, mm -hmm. and that was really fun. And I really want to see that because uh, they're adding like, like you see how many people they've added to the squad. Yeah. And one of them that they've added is King Shark, who is from the Harley Quinn animated series. Oh. And I'm like, I love you. I can't wait to see what the two of you do together. I'm pumped for that. Uh, my recommendation for the week. Is just so the vibe of this film. It's the Kid Detective. Oh yeah, with Adam Brody and I watched uh, that. You did? You, did? you yeah. didn't say you watched it. I watched it on an airplane. Hell yeah! Did you <laughs> like it? Maybe not the best place to watch it. No, it's so good. I, I checked it out from the library. I was on the waiting list for so long. I can't wait to rewatch it. Uh, Sophie Nalise is in it as well. Um, it goes there. It's dark. Yeah. And it's also a Canadian-made film, which is what Summer of '84 is. And I'm like. Oh. Canada, give me all your shit. I want yeah. to see this. Yeah. Kid Detective is awesome. Yeah, hard recommend for that. It's it's so funny, and then it gets so dark. You're not ready for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really like that movie. Okay, so Kimmy and I decided that next week we're going to explain Attack the Block. Yeah. There's some aliens. There's some John Boyega. Yep. Stay tuned. <laughs>